0: Hi, everyone, and thank you for attending our sales and marketing summit today. Our next topic is actually going to focus on the growth of your business. Uh, Congratulations. You've taught your sales reps how to do their job well. Business is booming. But the question is, how do you scale that growth without missing a beat or changing the customer experience at all? And thankfully today, we have Nick Dangles. He's the co-founder of a freight tech consulting firm called Kinetic, and he's here to help guide us with tips to scale your sales teams, uh, what technology you could invest in to help manage that growth, and just the experience he's had overall in, in working with his um, clients and making sure that not only are you implementing tech where you need it, but it, that you're following through and making sure that operations are continuing to stay strong. Nick, thank you for being here with us today. I'm excited to finally get to do one of these chats with you.
1: (laughs) Hey, Grace, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. It's always fun talking to you. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> and you know, let's dive right into it. You know, you are working with different freight tech uh technology companies. Uh, you work in, in scaling their sales. So for everyone watching, this is going to be a great talk for not just only brokers, but even freight tech companies that are looking to enter in the space and, and work on their own sales scaling as well. But you know, what tools Nick do you see that companies are often lacking when they're running into issues with scaling their sales appropriately or starting to see that maybe they're experiencing more operational issues than they thought they would experience or experienced when they first initiated their business.
1: Yeah. So from the perspective of like, we've won this business and now how do we service it? And how do we deal with the additional work it entails? Like those are kind of two separate but related things. In terms of how you service it, like I'm big on the capacity like the capacity management tools, the carrier management tools, sourcing tools like like Parade, Freight Friend, and Cargo Chief. At some point, I mean, never, reliance on load boards just isn't a sustainable strategy. You need to make better use of your carrier data and build better relationships to service higher volumes of freight. It's just the only way to get away from that one-and-done carrier mentality that ultimately just just ends up with problems and it's going gonna, it's gonna to shoot you in the foot eventually. In terms of the... Like the extra work, because as you onboard additional customers and get more freight volume, it increases all sorts of things like your need for additional tracking, your paperwork, your back office. And that's really where I see value come in in terms of freight tech. It's it's the tracking, it's the invoicing, it's document requests, it's all the ancillary things that go along with more freight. So to me, those support services like visibility platforms are extremely important um, as opposed to hiring a new tracking person the back office, like, like imaging and document collection, instead of having a person manually calling up every single carrier to track down PODs and invoices, you can automate a lot of that process. And it's just, it's a more efficient way of going about it, rather than throwing the bot throwing bodies at the problems, because that's just, that's not efficient or scalable. So any sort of technology you can onboard to make that process more efficient is going to help you a lot in the long run.
0: You know, we always joke that that's the pro, like the biggest problem with this industry is like, as we're continuing to grow, if we have a problem, just, just add another person really quick. That, that should help solve it. And that you're just really doubling down on the problem in general is at some point. As you continue to grow, it's going to continue to be an operational issue that you're you're dealing with. So um, I like that you brought that up because for me, it's the, the number one problem I see with a lot of businesses, especially in the brokerage side, as they're starting to get new customers. It's like, well, you know, let's simply just add um, another carrier rep to this team. Um, and the problem is not just, you know... Uh, having enough carrier reps, but how the original carrier reps are operating in general. And um I love that you touched on the usage of not going to the low boards as uh, your capacity uh, strategy. I think that's the number one reason that a lot of logistics companies struggle as they start to scale is that they're so used to either like um, we have this one guy that we always call, well, what happens now when you have two loads, right? Coming down that lane or, you know, it's, it lets, you know, just depend on the load board uh, capacity volume. Well, at some point that's going to ebb and flow just like the industry always does. So um, it's a really great example. And, and how do you see um, the companies that you work with? How do you see them implementing those strategies um, so that their their teams are developing them properly?
1: You know, that's a really good question. And to me, like, I, I want to go back for a minute to what you said, like post and pray just isn't a capacity strategy, you know? Mm-hmm. And in terms of developing their teams to, to to implement these things correctly, some of that goes back to training. You know, if, if you're training your team that the way you cover freight is you post it on a load board and cross your fingers and hope for the best, Well, then no, like any sort of technology that you onboard isn't going to have much of an impact because that post and frame mentality is all they know. So to really get the buy-in, it takes the appropriate training and how you like on the best practices for how you want to do business. And then like it's really, it it takes buy-in across the entire organization. You can't just be telling individual sales reps. Hey, this is how we want to do business. Like you have to kind of lead from the top and make sure your sales managers and your carrier sales managers are also using like these new sourcing tools and the new technology that you've onboarded. Cause if like, if, if the carrier sales manager is just posting loads up every day, well, that's what everyone's going to do. You have to lead from the top in that respect.
0: Yeah, and uh, at the end of the day, what is that? It's, it's almost culture, right? To say like the buy-in mentality, it's that's the culture of your organization. Is the is the culture to you know just put a bandaid on the issue, throw someone in there, and hopefully it gets fixed, or is your culture that you know this is what we learned in training, this is what we live by, and this is how we get this done for our customer? So that's what all that ties into that overall customer experience and you know, if you're a, if you're a freight company starting to, you know, experience that, that big growth going from maybe like, if you're looking at less than 10 million sales starting to hit 20 or so, what areas do you think are best for them to invest in? If you're looking at more like the carrier facing tools or as the customer sales technology that usually helps with that initial growth, what are your thoughts?
1: You know, Grace, like that's a good question in terms of which one comes first. And I'm going to give you a really annoying, it depends kind of answer because yeah. it's kind of a chicken and egg scenario, right? Like, like if you're a brand new brokerage versus a mid-sized brokerage that's just starting to invest in tech, really, where are you struggling? You know, do you have a killer sales guy who's bringing in a ton of business that you're struggling to cover? Well, in that case, you might want to invest more in the carrier side, right? But if you're like, if, if it's the reverse situation, you're struggling to get new business, but you have a great carrier network, then maybe it's the reverse, you know, guns my head. What would I choose? And just to make a sweeping generalization, I guess I personally err towards the carrier facing technology. I remember one of my, one of my first boss in freight always told me that winning freight's easy. The tough part's servicing it. And. Like at the time, as I'm like pounding phone calls, trying to like scramble out my first customer, it seemed like nonsense. But in the coming years, it's become more and more true to me. You know, you're only as good as your carrier base. So to me, it's the carrier facing stuff that's probably more of a priority. But again, it's unique to each individual brokerage. And that's just been my experience.
0: Uh, definitely, you know honestly, I sometimes get uh nervous in my writing and touching on different freight tech companies that people should should watch because i i don 't want everyone to to see every article and say you know that 's something that we should probably look into or that 's the technology that we should probably have because it it always depends on your business let 's say that you're You brought on initially like a couple of e-commerce companies, right? Like you're probably better off working on figuring out better integrations with your customers in order to improve the order flow into your business compared to maybe building a better uh, capacity strategy or it could be vice versa. Maybe you're 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 growing your business as like a, a cradle to grave, and that's where I, I feel your response in regards to the carrier side of things usually tends to be the most important investment in order to facilitate that that type of sales growth. So it is a each is their own type of situation, and whether you're working with a consultant or like yourself or, or reading articles from Freightways, it's always best to work with your team and figure out like, what are the exact problems that we're trying to solve? Talk with your customers, see what their experience is like. Talk with your reps, see what their experience is like and and figure that out yourself. So um, it was a trick question and you answered it well.
1: (laughs) I'm glad I did. I want to just real quick circle back to what you said about like really talking to your reps and your employees and seeing where their struggles are, because that's an important part of the process. I mean, just because the C-suite thinks that a certain thing is a problem, doesn't necessarily mean that's the most pressing problem for everybody in the company, so it really is about looking across everyone in your organization and seeing where the struggles are and what and what that is that's preventing you from scaling because it might not be what you think like when you ask the people on the floor what their problems are, they might tell you something completely different that you hadn't even realized, and at the end of the day, that's probably where you need to focus your efforts.
0: Definitely. Um, let's say that you're using like a legacy system. Let's say you have one of these these big box items out there that have, um, you know, they do have a CRM of some sort, and then maybe they do have a, a rating tool available to your team members. How do you work with clients to figure out like, should we keep investing in a different CRM even though technically we have one? Like, how do you make that decision to continue to invest in different solutions or figure out maybe there's a better way to use the the uh, technology we already have in the house?
1: Yeah, so Grace, in terms of the investment in legacy technology, in my experience, you need to continue to invest in new technology. You can't stay stay tied to your legacy systems. It goes back to like Ryan hates that I use this example because it's one of his, but it's it's the sunk cost fallacy, right? Companies get really tied in with some of the legacy tech because they've invested so much money in it and so much time in it already. And it's just human nature to want to stick with something that you've invested so much in. But at the end of the day, no technology is going to last forever. You know, you have to always be reevaluating what what your needs are versus what's available out there in the market and continuously trying to see what's going to kind of what's going to improve your organization as much as as possible because no technology is forever. As much as it sucks to look at the stuff that you've poured hundreds of thousands of dollars into, eventually it's going to be obsolete, and you want to be ahead of the curve before that happens. You're just stuck there with a bunch of obsolete technology.
0: <laughs> Definitely, and and both you and I have had like a brokerage experience around the same time frame, and over like the last, I would even say like two to three years, I wouldn't even say five, like the last two to three years, so many really cool and productive solutions have come out into the market. So, you know, even if there is something that you invested five years ago, I guarantee there's something much more efficient in the market today. Um, So it's, (laughs) for me, it's like if I was, yeah, go for it.
1: (laughs) I was gonna say, certainly if you're working with technology that was cutting edge 20 years ago, you should probably upgrade from that, you know. Yeah,
0: exactly. That's why I use the word legacy because yeah. it's there for it's been around yeah. for a while. If,
1: if tech-enabled <laughs> to you means a notepad and Excel spreadsheet, you should probably start rethinking things and see what else is out there.
0: Definitely. Um, what advice would you give to decision makers who are choosing what investments to to make first? You know, we're talking the the people that write that write the checks, that sign the agreements. Um, what where should they start when evaluating um, their how to scale up their sales and, and prepare for more than what they already have today?
1: You know, this ties into what we talked about it a minute ago in terms of take a really close look at your company and see where you have needs and what technology could, you could implement to fix those needs. Because everyone's going to be unique. You know, one broker is going to struggle with capacity. Another broker is going to be just overwhelmed with paperwork. Another broker is going to need help with their pricing strategy. So there's really no one size fits all answer to say, hey, you need to onboard this new technology and it's going to be a game changer for you. I mean, I work with, like at Kinetic, we work with technology companies. And as much as I want to say, Hey, go buy XYZ product from our, from our customer. It's not always the case. You know, it might just not be a good fit for you. Just because something is the new sexy technology out there doesn't mean it's going to be impactful for your company. So don't just chase shiny objects. Make sure it's going to have an impact for you and make sure it, it, it aligns with how you guys do business and fixes problems that you actually have.
0: Definitely. Um, what areas do you, do you most often, I, I almost want to assume from your previous answer, you're going to say the carrier side, but where are like small areas that a lot of these decision makers kind of like overlook, like where, what rocks should they be overturning first and, and what would have the most impact on them being able to to take on new customers
1: over time? If we're talking about like general tech trends that I see that, that are having an impact right now. To me, pricing is one of the biggest ones that I'm interested in now. The market's been extremely volatile over the past couple of years here, and it's really emphasized how important it is to have a solid pricing strategy and technology backing up that pricing strategy. You know, it's it's immensely important to a brokerage just because, I mean, overpriced, you're not going to win business, and underpriced, and you're just going to lose money hand over fist the cool thing is that now there's technology available to help brokers make better use of their data and make more educated pricing decisions I mean, I know Freightways, you guys have Sonar and it's extremely popular and useful. No, I think that's a perfect one, too, because, you know, I've
0: recently been seeing this trend with um, especially like retailers are starting to invest in their own supply chains. They want to get closer to the decision behind where the capacity is coming from, where these prices are coming from. They want to know the why. And I think that you're going to start seeing here shortly that, Um, Just increasing a rate by even, I mean, honestly, I think even 50 or a hundred dollars that customers are going to start asking you, well, why, why is that happening? Why, why should I be paying this much? And I think the best thing about the those type of tools is you're gonna allow your sales teams to actually be able to answer that question. And we just recently released track, and that's what that actually does, right? It shows you the uh market trends for that area. It gives you a good outlook for the future as well, which I think will also be another trend coming up shortly, is more of forecasting rates in the future than just being uh, reactive to what your customer needs today. So I think, honestly, I completely agree. I think the rating tool is going to become more of a necessity in order for companies just to, retain and sustain that business you know we're talking clearly scaling up sales but um, a lot of times what happens when logistics companies start to scale their sales is they they lose others because they're not maintaining the relationship that they that those shippers need and being able to explain to your customer and and fully even show them like a year out here this is what we expect to see you might hear from so and so around this time frame that rates are going a little bit higher, they're gonna want that information or else they're gonna start looking at different ways they can start to control that decision-making as well. Um, what do you see forecasting in like 2022? Do you, do you see the same things or is there other areas that you're, you're interested in as well?
1: No, so outside of pricing, another big one that I've seen come up a lot recently is automation there are so many manual processes in freight, it's almost crazy that automation hasn't become more prevalent like sooner than it has. And I'll tie this back into pricing too, because I think to me, the combination of pricing and automation is one that can be extremely powerful for, for brokerages. If you think about the number of load boards that a lot of brokers are on, there's hundreds and hundreds of spot loads available every single day. And a lot of brokers run into the problem where they just don't have the manpower to quote all of their shipments, much less the pricing tech available to, to give accurate rates. But if you combine some of the pricing technology out there and some of the automation, it's a game changer because all of a sudden you can capitalize on all of this freight that you wouldn't otherwise have even been able to quote. So I, I think the automation piece is huge, huge, particularly when combined with pricing and even some of the more mundane tasks like building loads. You know how how long does it take people to build loads and enter it into their TMS? That's something where you can leverage technology to save a ton of time for people. And like it's not, I don't want it to come across like it's replacing people's jobs. It's really just supplementing people and allowing them to focus on more revenue generating revenue generating activities and building relationships with their carriers and their customers, which is really what what people want to be doing.
0: Right. Well, it's, it, you're, if you're scaling up sales in your your company, part of that is maintaining the, the employees that you have. We talked about this in the past that a lot of these tools are going to help towards retaining employees and recruiting new employees as well. I mean, we all know that there's uh, logistics companies out there that really struggle to, to kind of hit that nine to five schedule to give their reps a true life. Uh, work-life balance and if you can automate their day so that they know what they're supposed to be doing at every one of those steps so that you know when that five o'clock does come around and they're they're not just like working on something to just show work but they've actually completed the automated test for their day that's work-life balance
1: yeah and, and you and I have talked about this extensively in the past we've we've done webinars <laughs> about it but like, I think it's often overlooked. I mean, from a, from a sales and scaling your brokerage perspective, one of the most important components of that is your people. And yeah. in order to make your people more productive and happier, nowadays, like you have to have this technology there to support them. I mean, from a recruiting pro- uh, standpoint and a retention standpoint, where are the best people going to want to flock to? Is it that brokerage who's still using their notepads and Excel spreadsheets to keep track of everything? Or is it the broker that's actually supplying their people with the tools that they need to do their job well and to make more money? They're obviously going to flock to that second one, and that's a that's yeah. a huge component to it that I think is unfortunately overlooked a lot.
0: Yeah, and I and I honestly think it's a really simple one to to uh, uh, discover. I mean, if I were a manager leading any type of brokerage right now, I would I would ask your employees like, when you come in, where do you start your day, and if The answer is all over the place, right? Like they totally different. Well, you know, I just kind of started hitting the boards or it's it's completely random. Then those are opportunities for you to start figuring out, okay, how can I automate some of these different activities that might be bogging them down? How do I get each of these people, the same title or same role operating in the the same fashion they should? And that's, what's going to prepare your scale, right? That's, what's going to allow you to add a five million dollar customer and you know that okay we can accomplish this or maybe <laughs> we do need to add a body but it'll be an efficient body because it knows what it's supposed to be doing
1: yeah. i mean it's this is this might sound strange coming from someone who works with my tech companies as i do but at the end of the day it's not exclusively technology that's gonna that's gonna bring you to the next level it's your people your processes and your technology because like you just mentioned that person who comes in and they're all over the place, they don't really know what they're doing, they just do something different every day, whatever fire is popping up, that's what they jump on first. Well, there's no structure to that. There's no process to that. If you bring in some new technology, you have no structure and you have no processes. Well, that technology, you're not going to get the ROI out of that technology that you think you're going to have. You also need to have the people and the processes available to support that
0: exactly um you know to wrap this up nick if you had a, a a growing business um coming to you today and they're like what are what are two things that i should just focus on right now what are the two areas you would have them to dive into and, and what are different types of you know freight technology that's out there that you would point them to to, to answer those questions
1: to go back to my annoying it depends answer it kind of depends. Yeah, me. I mean, I'm, I'm really very bullish on the pricing and the automation right now. I think those are two areas where any brokerage can see some sort of ROI just because they're so impactful when they're done correctly. But at the same time, if you're a very small broker of like under 5 million, you're going to have different needs than a larger broker of like 250 million. If you specialize in LTL versus full truckload, you're going to have different needs. If you If you shift certain commodities over others, you're going to have different needs. So it's really, at the end of the day, about evaluating your own internal operations, where you are as a company, where you have problems, and seeing what technology is going to fit in best to actually make an impact and solve the problems that you have.
0: Definitely. Well, I, I appreciate you coming on today and, and giving people an expertise and how to make sure that they're maintaining you know, that same customer experience because that's really what this is about. If you're starting to grow and your sales are starting to explode, you're probably giving a really great customer experience that is starting to make its way through um, different different uh, years, right? So you want to make sure that you are prepared to to continue scaling up those sales and supply them with the same operational support that you have in the past. And um, I appreciate your time here, Nick, and I'm excited to to see what companies you continue to work in in the future and have you on some future events here at FreightWaves as well.
1: <laughs> yeah, Grace, thanks so much for having me on. I always appreciate it. It's always great talking to you. I love what you guys are doing at FreightWaves. W- Freight
0: <laughs> thanks. Talk to you soon. and Everyone enjoy the rest of the summit.